Caroline Dowd Higgins, host of Your Working Life, my podcast featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena with wisdom to help you thrive. Now, this podcast provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And today, I am delighted to welcome my very special guest to the show, Scott Sunshine. Scott, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited to dive into a conversation about your extraordinary book, but let me tell our listeners a bit about you. Scott Sunshine is the Henry Gardner Simmons Professor of Management at Rice University. His award-winning research, teaching, and consulting has helped Fortune 500 executives, entrepreneurs, and professionals in industries such as technology, energy, healthcare, retail, education, banking, manufacturer, manufacturing, and nonprofits. And Scott holds his PhD in management and organizations from the University of Michigan and an MPhil from the University of Cambridge and his BA from the University of Virginia. Scott, you are a prolific writer and an extraordinary expert in your field. And your incredible book is called Stretch. So I want to use that as a point of departure to give you an opportunity to talk about what is stretching. What is that whole context of the book? Stretching is the psychology of being resourceful. And it recognizes that what matters most in our careers and in our business and for that matter in our lives is not so much what we have in terms of our resources, but how we actually use those resources. And it's about getting in the mindset that tries to expand the value of everything we have as opposed to dedicating all of our energies and efforts trying to get more resources. Got it. That makes absolute sense. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a direct quote from Dan Pink, who, who endorsed her book so beautifully, it's easy to feel like we never have enough time, resources, or money. And Scott's Shun and Shine's surprising and entertaining book inspires and instructs us how to make the most out of what we already have. The result is more, more creativity, more engagement, and more satisfaction. Scott, that is music to everybody's ears who are listening. So let's let's dive a little deeper then. Help me understand why stretching is important for individuals and organizations today. I mean, how many times, Caroline, have you heard someone say, if I only had more time, yeah. more money, a bigger job title, a larger team, I could do more? It's kind of one of our, our default ways of thinking is we believe that For us to elevate our performance, we need more resources. So what's so critical about stretching is recognizing that we often underestimate the versatility of the resources around us, and we overestimate the amount of resources we need to accomplish our goals. So stretching starts with recognizing, you know, what are you trying to do in your your career? What, What is your objective? Uh, it's not simply to get a promotion or move up to a bigger office. Uh, I mean, seriously, what are you what are you trying to accomplish? And once you are mindful of your goals, the next focus tends to be, well, what do I already have that I can put to better use that can get me to those goals? And when we're stretching, we are thinking very creatively and very actively about what we're doing. And we recognize that instead of our first instinct being, 
let me get more to do more, let me first start with what I already have and think about using it in different ways. So do you encourage the people with whom you work to really get quiet and think about what they already have, the resources at their disposal, and how to leverage what they've already got in their respective toolkit or, or strengths? Right. And it's always good to start with an inventory of what's in your, you know, proverbial closet. Yeah. What is it that you what is it that you know? Uh, what what do you have access to um, inside your organizations? I think there's often a lot of hidden talent. And, you know, our first instinct is often to say we need to bring in the expert on this process or, you know, this type of project before. But there's often a lot of hidden talent inside organizations that we overlook as leaders. And there's actually some very interesting research uh, in psychology and organization studies that looks at how oftentimes it's those who know the least who can contribute the most to complex problems because they're approaching those problems in different ways. So I think it really starts with getting out of this belief that those who have the most, know the most, have the biggest job titles or offices are able to produce the most. That's often not the case. And and this is a real sea change. This is a cultural shift of, of the norm of, of many workplace environments. So how do you encourage companies, organizations, and your experience is, is vast with nonprofits, with corporate entities and beyond. So how do you encourage the company to start stretching? Well, I think that the, the first thing is they have to really – create a culture that promotes asking, you know, what do we have? What can we do with what we already have? I mean, oftentimes you have organizations that are uh, all based on comparisons. How many ceiling tiles are in my office? How many extra people did I get for my project? What is the budget for my project? And these types of social comparisons are really dangerous for several reasons. One is they really take our mind off of our real focus at work, which is you know, meeting goals and being productive. Instead, we you know play all of this uh, uh, gamesmanship around trying to get more resources when often we might not even need those resources to get our work done. And then it also, of course, makes us feel miserable because our our project might seem important until we look around the corner and see that someone got one more person than us, or we might feel good about our. 150 square foot office until we see someone you know with a slightly bigger office. So you make these comparisons and there's always going to be someone who has more. But the bigger danger is they're focusing on the wrong questions because we shouldn't be asking, how can I get more resources? The question should be is, how can I do more to advance my goals? Well, and from the, the perspective of a career coach, an executive coach where I sit, it's incredibly gratifying when you empower an individual to play to their strengths and and stretch and increase capacity based on what they already have. I I imagine that boosts morale significantly in an organization. Right. It's a very empowering message because what you're basically telling people is you usually have abundance and the challenge isn't to go out and get more resources. It's to unlock the abundance you already have. You might have some hidden talents. You have some skills. You might think that Maybe you lack experience for this type of project, but that lack of experience might also come with a type of perspective that those who have experience don't have. So it's really about asking those questions, what do I have, as opposed to what don't I have, and then taking the what you do have and making the most out of it. So let's get a little more granular. And who's the best audience for this book? Is it the individual professional? Is it the leader of the team, the head of the organization? You know, who's going to benefit the most from Stretch? 
stretches rhythm with examples at all all three levels actually it's rhythm about organizations that have fostered cultures of stretching it's rhythm about uh, people who are leading teams and trying to have more resourceful uh, teams and then it's also written from a career perspective and trying to be more be more resourceful in your careers i mean one of the challenges that people have in their careers is uh, you know they've they're always you know if they're if they're told for example by their boss no you can't have this extra headcount or uh, we're going to push the timeline up for your project you know their their first reaction is oh well you know maybe i'm not in such good standing with my career otherwise i would be getting more time i'd be getting more money i'd be getting more people and and so on and that type of thinking is is really dangerous so when we're in the stretching mindset we sometimes see these challenges as actually opportunities to show how we can put better use of our resources uh, to work and uh, not not treat these as career setbacks and oftentimes if you can deliver that type of project under constraints and there's a whole host of research that shows that these constraints make us actually more creative and able to come up with better solutions you know how much what kind of message then do you great message you send to your boss and say not only did i deliver incredible work but i delivered it under these constraints that you gave me and that that's a real big boost to your career i love that because you're really reframing the obstacle as an opportunity Good stuff. So, Scott, I'd love to pick your brain. Do you have any personal experiences with stretch that you'd be willing to share or perhaps the research that you pursued for the book just to illustrate for the listening audience an example of a stretch? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one of, one of my favorite examples from the book is the filmmaker Robert Rodriguez. So he made uh, – before he, he, he made the Spy Kids uh, films, which were uh, very successful films, before he did that – he was like many of us in our careers. He was trying to make a movie called El Mariachi. And when you're just starting your career, he didn't have much money. He had zero connections, uh, almost zero experience. I mean, it's kind of like your your first job. It was his sure. first film he was making. And instead of trying to copy how more experienced, big-budget films would be made, he realized, one, I'm never going to get the resources to do that, but what can I do? And he started looking around, and he started finding things that didn't appear like resources at all. I met someone last week who I think could play this part. I have a friend who has a ranch on the Texas-Mexican border that could be a good place to film. Instead of using expensive props, I can take some condoms and fill them with red paint, and that's how we can emulate some of the, the blood in the, in the blood scenes for, for those movies. And he ended up uh, making his movie for about $7,000, where it costs most Hollywood production trailers of about 30 seconds, about $20,000. But what's more remarkable isn't just that it costs less, is that people love the film because he had to make choices that forced him to be more creative. So the way he edited the film, because edit film is a very expensive uh, material for, for making movies, he had to edit very quickly because he didn't have a lot of, he didn't have the luxury of, of a lot of film. And that gave his films this signature fast paced style that when people watch it, they're like, wow, I mean, this is really, this is really new and this is really different. We haven't seen anything like this. So he worked not just through his constraints, he worked better because of his constraints. 
love that and ultimate example of resourcefulness. You know, my my belief, my perception is that entrepreneurs have been resourceful out of necessity uh, for decades. That's just the nature of being an entrepreneur. And now I'm hearing you say this can be used mainstream in any organization. It doesn't just have to be for someone who has solo control over a project. How do you get started in your organization? What's a baby step toward stretching? Yeah. So I think the first is to is to recognize, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head right there, is we tend to think of resourcefulness as driven by necessity. Mm-hmm. So someone whose backs are against the wall, a bootstrapping organization. And what I'm trying to do in Stretch is make the case that resourcefulness is something that you can use in those hard times, but also in those good times, because it leads to better results. It makes you more creative. So the first thing for you know more you know, organizations in more fortunate situations is create artificial limits. We, we like to think of limits as something we want to overcome and no one wants to hear, you know, here are some limits at work, but, you know, try asking for a little less budget or ask for one less person on your team or a little less time. That is so counterintuitive to the way that people think. I have this uh, opposite of stretching I call chasing, which is this <laughs> belief that we just keep needing more and more resources to do things. From a chasing perspective, all these, you know, all of this creating artificial limits is is really hard because we judge the worth of ourselves and our projects and our careers based off of our resources. How big is our office? How big is our budget? So this is this is such a different approach to then think, well, I'm actually going to ask for less because I recognize that when I ask for less, I can put myself in a mindset that allows me to be a lot more creative. Love another it. thing I like another thing I like to recommend is throwing out the plan. When we're in the land of chasing, we like to plan a lot because we think the more time we spend laying out things, the better results we can get. Uh, you know, the research shows that there's actually very little if you look at a uh, strategic planning where the stakes are probably the highest in in business, looking at five-year plans, the relationship between strategic planning and organizational performance is very modest to almost non-existent depending on the studies that you're you're looking at. So try throwing out the plan. Try getting more comfortable with improvising and thinking about work as a series of lots of different experiments. Try running a meeting without an agenda and letting things – Uh, grow more organically. Now, you're not going to want to do this all of the time, but the point is when you interject these activities into your work routines, you create a culture and a forum for coming up with new and oftentimes better ideas. I love it. I love it. What I'm also hearing is it doesn't have to be perfectly uh, crafted, right? Your, the improvisational component, the do it as as it feels is, is okay. Take that risk. If it doesn't work, reframe, try again. That's right. As long as you're learning, that's the key thing when you're improvising. As long as you're learning and then getting out there again and trying to experiment, that's that's great. I mean, we tend to forget that we get credited and we're successful not for what we plan to do, but for we but for what we actually do do. Brilliant. Scott Sunshine, what a joy to have you on the show. Love your book. Tell us how we can buy Stretch and perhaps also follow you online. You are a prolific writer, got great content out there. How can we find you after the show? information with links to lots of different booksellers on my website, which is simply www.scottsunenshine.com. That's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-E-N-S-H-E-I-N. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook using that same Scott Sunenshine. 
Brilliant. Scott, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and expertise. Thank you for teaching me how to continue to stretch. And I'm delighted that we got a chance to meet today, and I hope our paths cross again soon. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. My show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe so you get new shows every week and leave a comment about what's important to you in the career world, and I'll consider your idea for a future show. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.